0: if you have a Bible, and I hope you do. The beauty of the gospel is that God has saved us. He's freed us from the power and the penalty of sin. He's put us in Christ, who's now our life. So we gather together to surrender our lives. And say, our lives are yours, and we're your servants. It's not a radical version of Christianity. This is biblical Christianity. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ. We don't call the shots. He calls the shots.
1: The Radical Together Podcast with teaching from David Platt. Welcome back to another episode of the Radical Together podcast. If you want to listen to the previous episodes, you can find those on iTunes or by going online to Radical.net. Today, David continues with the second part of his message from the last episode. He's teaching from Matthew chapter 7 in his message entitled, The Privilege of Prayer. If you have a Bible, and I hope you do, I want to invite you to find Matthew chapter
0: 7. Matthew chapter 7, in just a second, we'll start in verse Seven, so I want to pick up where we left off in the last podcast episode, talking about the privilege of prayer we were seeing in Matthew chapter six as Jesus teaches about prayer, which we're going to go back to again today and and then we went over to Luke chapter eleven, which is uh, Luke's accounting of Jesus teaching on the lord's prayer, and we were seeing the purpose of prayer again, asking basic questions that many times we assume, but we need to be at least, at the very least, reminded of, like, what is the purpose of prayer? Why do we pray? And we saw that we pray to express the depth of our need for God on a moment by moment day by day basis and we saw that we pray to explore the mystery of intimacy with God that before prayer is about getting something prayer is about knowing someone and growing in intimacy with him that when we go in our room close the door pray to our father who is unseen that there is reward that is waiting there just in knowing him and loving him and enjoying him in prayer and then we saw that prayer is designed by God that we might experience the power of being used by him. This is a, a means by which we join with what he's doing in the world. And we went to Luke chapter 11. We saw a, a parable of intercession, of of asking for something on behalf of someone else. And then we got to these words that are in Luke chapter 11, and they're also in Matthew chapter 7. So I want you to look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, and it say it's the same thing. Jesus teaches the same thing at the end of that story that we looked at last week of the man asking for for bread, for the person who's come to visit him. And Jesus says this, he says to his disciples, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you? If his son asks for him bread, we'll give him a stone. Again, this is the same thing that we saw in Luke 11. If he asks for a fish, we'll give him a servant. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. So ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So when we hear these words, many of us think, and I'm hearing this, sounds like a promise from Jesus, but I've asked for things and I've not gotten them. So what does that mean? Asking it will be given to you. Because I've asked for specific things in my life or in others' lives on behalf of others. And it's it's not happened. So what does that mean? Well, that leads us then to the next next question. So not only why do we pray or who are we praying to, but what do we pray for? And it's at this point that I just want to give you from from the very beginning... What I, what I would call the secret to prayer. And specifically addressing what we pray for. So what's the secret to prayer? What's the secret to asking and it will be given you, seeking you will find, knocking and knowing it will be opened to you. And it's twofold. So here's where it starts. One, the secret to prayer is, starts with making your wants God's wants. Make your wants. God's wants. So think Psalm 37 verse 4 here. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, he will, he will put his desires in your heart so that you desire what he desires. And this is why what we talked about in the last podcast episode was so important. This is the mystery of intimacy that we were talking about. So when we, in prayer, We go in our room, we close the door, we get alone with God, and what happens is we begin to want in our lives what He wants in our lives. We begin to want in others' lives what He wants in others' lives. We begin to long for what He longs for, and this is so significant in prayer. If we skip this step, we miss out on the point of prayer altogether. We can't go on to the second part of this, so... It starts with, prayer starts with making your wants God's wants. And then, so step two, then ask for whatever you want. And it will be done for you, Jesus says. It's the same thing he says to his disciples in John chapter 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. When we want what God wants, then we are free to ask for whatever we want. And this is The design of God for prayer. So what does God want? What does God tell us? What does Jesus teach us to pray for? And that leads us then back one page in your Bible uh, to uh, Matthew chapter 6. Back to the teaching, his teaching on the Lord's Prayer. What I want to do is I just want to walk through very simply the Lord's Prayer and see what Jesus taught us to pray for. What he taught us to ask for. For. so what do we ask for asking will be given you what should we be asking for in prayer what is has Jesus answer that that question and there's a few different things here one he says ask God for his glory ask God for his glory Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 pray then like this our father in heaven hallowed be your name now that is not a an ascription of praise to God as much as it is a petition for God to be praised. And that's that's a significant difference. Now, it's, it's altogether right to ascribe praise to God. To say in a Psalm 63 kind of way, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6 or Revelation 4 and 5, which is part of where I've been in my... Uh, quiet time in in the Word uh, recently and just sing, worthy are you, our Lord, to receive wisdom and power and might and glory and honor. So it's altogether right to ascribe praise to God. But when Jesus is teaching us to pray here in the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, this is a request. This is a petition, not a description of praise, but a Petition for God to be praised. In other words, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, cause your name to be hallowed in all the earth that word hallowed be, to to be made known as holy cause your name to be made known as holy in all the earth cause your name to be made known as holy in my life and my family and and my church and the world around me cause your name to be made known as the sovereign father who is in heaven as the holy one who is above all oh god show second samuel chapter 7 that there is none like you. Second Samuel 7, 22. There is none like you. There is no God besides you. This is what we're, we're praying for. God says, ask, Jesus says, ask that the Father's name would be known as the Holy One and as the coming King. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So think about how this informs the way we pray. We go in our room, we close the door, we pray in our fathers unseen. What do we pray for? What do we ask for? We ask God for His glory. God, cause people to hallow Your name. God, bring people to submit to Your kingdom. God, enable people to obey Your will. Your will be done, which includes our life. Enable me. Enable my family. May Your will be done in my life and my family as it is in heaven. May your will be done in this person's life and this person's life. God, enable them to obey your will. Bring more people to submit to your kingdom. Cause more people to hallow your name. And these are prayers that God promises to answer. That God desires to answer. As we call out to him for his name to be hallowed in all the earth. Ezekiel 36 verse 23, God says, I will vindicate the holiness of my great name. The nations will know that I am the Lord. When when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. The, The picture we have from cover to cover in scripture is a God who delights in glorifying himself, desires to see his name praised among all peoples. And so this is the starting point of our asking in prayer is we're asking God, for His glory, God, cause Your name to be made known in my life, in my family, in my church, and all the world. So start there, asking God for His glory, and then so keep going. Ask God for His gifts, for His gifts. So glory and gifts. Give us this day our daily bread, Matthew chapter six, verse eleven. This is where we're reminded of Exodus chapter sixteen. When God's people were were wandering in the wilderness, God provided them with food on a daily basis. Bread from heaven, manna from heaven. They would wake up in the morning and God would literally give them their daily bread. It would only last for a day. They would depend on Him to supply new bread the next day. They couldn't carry it over. So they needed daily bread for God. And God gave it to them. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3 tells us that God gave them Gave them bread like this to sustain their faith on a daily basis. To not just satisfy their hunger, but sustain their faith. It says in Deuteronomy 8, three, He humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so he was teaching them to, in Exodus chapter 16, he's, this is what he says in Deuteronomy 8, he's teaching them to depend on him for their daily sustenance. And oh, how we need to pray like this. Give us this day, God, our daily bread. Now, let's be honest. You know, most people listening to this, we live in a culture where praying like this makes no sense to us. We are so well off that it doesn't make sense to pray for our daily bread. Like, we know we're going to have bread today. Most of us don't wake up in the morning saying, God, please provide me food. But this is exactly where the problem lies. We're a people who have so much that we have grown accustomed to depending on our things to satisfy us instead of our God. We don't need to ask for daily bread. Most of us didn't ask for it today because we can take care of that take care of that on our own. But this is where we need to realize. God, help us to see we can't take care of that on our own. We need God. Everything we have is a gift from God that is not guaranteed. Every breath we take is a gift from God that is not guaranteed. This is so important. I am convinced. As I, I look at my own life and then I look at the state of Christianity and Western culture around me. One of the greatest reasons... Why we, I believe, are so casual and flippant with prayer is because we actually believe we can sustain ourselves. We actually believe we can sustain ourselves, and we can't. God alone can sustain us. God alone can satisfy our hungers and our needs and prayer. So follow this. Prayer is the guard in our lives that keeps us from thinking that this world can give us what we want when only God can give us what we want. That prayer is the guard in our lives that keeps us from thinking this world can give us what we need when only God can give us what we need. Again, this goes back to the purpose of prayer. We express the depth of our daily need for God in prayer. God, I pray for food today. God, I pray for for life and breath and this and that, all the things that we need. All the things that we want, we're going to Him for. Because He, every good gift comes from His hand. We can't sustain ourselves. We are not a self-sufficient people. We are a God-dependent people. And prayer is the daily, continual reminder of that reality. So, we ask God for His gifts. We ask God for His glory, for His gifts. Now, keep going. We ask God for His grace. Give us this day our daily bread, verse 11, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts. Four simple words that open the door to the vast storehouse of heaven's mercy. And the more we grow in prayer, the more we grow in intimacy with God, the more we will realize our constant need for this mercy I'm convinced that our, our time asking God for grace, especially His forgiveness for our sins, that that will only increase as we grow deeper in our relationship with God in prayer. The more we know His holiness, the more we see our sinfulness and our propensity to do things our own way instead of His way. The more we see the Chasm that separates God and His holiness from us in our sinfulness. So we find ourselves pleading for His grace, asking for His grace, forgive us. And when we pray like this, we experience His forgiveness. Now, some Christians might say, well, why do I have to ask for forgiveness when I've already been forgiven in Christ? Like, I've, I've put my faith in Christ, I've trusted in Him. So Do I need to ask for forgiveness in order to be forgiven in Christ? Am I not already forgiven in Christ because of the price he's paid on the cross? And this is where I want to encourage you to think, not with a picture of a a courtroom where judgment is being pronounced. So yes, God has, by his grace, already in Christ, declared you not guilty before him. And you can rest in that. You can rejoice in that on a daily basis that you have already been declared not guilty before God solely by faith in the finished work of Christ on your behalf. So when we hear uh, forgive us our debts or or, we're thinking ask God for His grace ask God for forgiveness of your sins don't picture a courtroom where judgment has already been pronounced. Instead picture a family Picture a family where a child is confessing his sins. When my eight-year-old uh, disobeys me, which happens occasionally, and he comes to me and he says, "Daddy, I'm sorry for doing this." At that point, he's not he's not asking if he can stay in the family. He's not wondering if he's still my son. He's my son. He's my he's he's a part of the family, but. So that, that's not up for question. But his confession of sin is, is less about remaining in the family. It's more about restoring intimacy with me as his dad. And so this is why we pray on a continual basis, on a daily basis. We're praying, God, I, I, I pray that you'd forgive me for this. I pray that you forgive me for this. Because we want to grow in intimacy with God. The kind of picture we see in Psalm 51 where... Uh, psalmist where David says I know my transgressions my sin is ever before me against you you only have I sinned done what is evil in your sight So you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment so we're we're asking God for his forgiveness continually on a daily basis and specifically so not just confessing sin generally but specifically examining our hearts psalm 66 verse 18 if I had cherished iniquity in my heart the Lord would not have listened to me so we don't want to cherish any iniquity in our heart when we come before God. We, we want to confess our need for His grace, confess our sins to Him. And the beauty is, some can think, well, that's just depressing just thinking about your sins but not when you remember who you're confessing him to you're confessing with a god who loves you your father in heaven who has made a way for you to be forgiven of all your sins to cleanse you from all your iniquity that christ has paid the price on the cross for your sins so you need not Fear confession of sin before Him. This is something we gladly do. We humbly but gladly do because we know He loves us and He stands ready to dole out His grace. And as we experience His forgiveness, now we we can't leave this out because this is part of what Jesus is teaching here. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So as we experience His forgiveness, we extend His forgiveness to others. Just as the Father... Pours out his forgiveness freely, we do the same. And so this is where I would I would encourage you, if there are any seeds of bitterness, grudges, just harboring need for revenge in your heart toward anyone, maybe small or big, I want to encourage you, hear from the Word of God that as we receive God's forgiveness. His design is that we radiate it to those around us, that we reflect His forgiveness. In fact, our intimacy with God, Jesus says, is dependent on this. For if you forgive others their trespasses, you will, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. You can't help but think about a parable later on in Matthew chapter 18 of a servant who owed his master. His master forgave his debt. but Then the servant went out and demanded payment from someone else that it made no sense to to receive forgiveness, to receive grace and not reflect forgiveness, reflect, reflect grace. So as we pray, we ask God for His grace, knowing that as we're asking Him for His grace, we're learning to extend His grace. All right, so we've seen three requests ask God for His glory. Here, is Jesus is teaching us how to pray, we start by asking God for His glory. We ask God for His gifts. We ask God for His grace. And then, finally, fourth, we ask God for His guidance. For His guidance. Verse 13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, now what does that mean? Does that mean that God might entice us or tempt us to sin in some way? No, not at all. We we know that from the rest of Scripture and based on the holiness of God. So this is not saying that God might entice or tempt us to sin. We're asking Him not to do that. Instead, this is an acknowledgement of our tendency, the tendency of all of our hearts to wander from our Father in heaven. We are all prone to wander. We are weak and so we pray because we know that we need the protection He gives amidst every temptation we face. Think 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. So we're asking God when I face temptation today, lead me, guide me, keep me from evil. Keep me from the tendency that I know I have to wander from you. Help me. And again, these are these are prayers that God promises to answer. Just like 1 Corinthians 10, 13 said, he wants to provide a way for us to endure it. He has provided a way for us to endure it. So we depend on him for it. And the the beauty is, it's not even just in, in temptations to sin, but amidst trials that we encounter that we're asking for perseverance in. You think about James chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 and 5 and 6, where he says, you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effects and may be perfect and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. That person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Oh, that language just reflects what we read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 9, and and Luke chapter 11, that when we ask, it will be given to us. When we ask for wisdom in the middle of trial, when we ask for the mercy of God to enable us to think uh, and to
1: walk in the middle of difficulty, then he gives it. He gives it. We'll get back to David's message in just a minute, but I want to take this opportunity to mention that David has written a new book titled Counterculture, a compassionate call to counterculture in a world of poverty, same-sex marriage, racism, sex slavery, immigration, abortion, persecution, orphans, and pornography. In his latest book, David draws heavily on scripture and compelling personal accounts from around the world to call readers to faithfully follow Christ in countercultural ways. Ways that will prove both costly and rewarding for the contemporary church. Counterculture will be available on February 3rd. And you can learn more about counterculture by visiting the book website, counterculturebook.com. And for other free resources from David Platt, visit radical.net. There you can watch or listen to past sermons, read the Radical blog, or stay up to date on catalytic events like Secret Church. Here's David with the rest of today's message. So,
0: Here's the the request that Jesus just very simply outlines in the Lord's Prayer. How, How do you pray? What do you pray for? You go in your room close the door. You pray to your father who's unseen. What do you pray for? Ask God for his glory. Hallowed be your name in all the earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Cause your name to be known as holy. Cause people to submit to your kingdom. Enable people to obey your will. May this happen in my life. May this happen in others' lives. May this happen in this nation and that nation. So we pray, ask God for his glory. Ask God for his gifts. God, I need you today for everything. For everything. I need you for food. I need you for uh, this or that and this area of my life or that area of my life. I need you. We ask God for His grace. God, I, I see this in my life. I know that I'm, I've am i sinned in this area, that I've not trusted you in this way, that I've not glorified you in this way. We ask for His forgiveness and we experience His forgiveness. in a way that leads us to extend His forgiveness. And then we, we ask God for His guidance. God, lead and guide and direct me. So, this is where I just want to give you uh, a practical way to think through uh, how how to pray. When you go in your room and pray to your Father's unseen, this is something as I was pastoring the Church of Brook Hills that we used in encouraging brothers and sisters. When you get alone with God, how how do you pray? How do you pray? And it's basically using pray as an acrostic. And so let me just offer this to you i hope it's an encouragement something that can maybe help you think through all right when i go into my room i pray to my father's unseen what does that mean i do so pray p praise so start yes by ascribing praise to god by worshiping god for who he is this is how i begin my time with the lord in the morning which uh in a psalm 5 3 of a way I just want to wake up and and as soon as possible get into time with God where I'll either, I may start with His Word because His Word, which I'm going to talk about in a couple of weeks in a podcast, um, His Word leads us to praise, His Word leads us to prayer. I want to show the relationship between the Word and prayer, but just reading God's Word will oftentimes just uh, result in, in prayer or reading out Psalms to God in praise to God. And so just begin to ascribe praise and honor to god to express love for god many times i'll start to sing i don't have i'm not very musically gifted and uh, uh but that's the beauty of being in a room where nobody else is there because you can sing sometimes I'll, I'll i'll be in silence sometimes i'll turn on music uh sometimes sitting sometimes standing sometimes on my knees so i would just encourage you spend time just worshiping God for who He is. Just praising Him. God, You are. You are. I praise You because You're this. I praise You for that. And, and there's thanksgiving. Obviously, they can flow in that. And God, thank You for this. God, thank You for that. Just worship God for who He is. So start there. P, praise. And then R, repent. So to do what we just talked about. To confess your sin to God acknowledge your need for christ so spend time and this is it really does follow well on the heels of praising god because as your as your mind's attention and your heart's affection is fixed on the holiness of god then you start seeing your own sinfulness and you start to examine your heart and as you do you confess your sin one of the things i'll often do is just is write this out i'm a big proponent of journaling uh this is certainly by by no means some legalistic requirement that we should do, but I just find that it's really helpful uh, when I'm spending time with the Lord to write out prayers to God, prayers of praise, uh, prayers of confession of sin, and then uh, I'll do the same as I'm reading through the Bible, I'll just be writing down different things, I'm observing, and, and it's just a uh, a journal, so don't think like diary, dear diary. It's more just a, a way. And this is, the, w- one of the reasons this is really helpful for me is it helps keep my mind focused. I know uh, many times in prayer, I have a tendency, such a tendency for my mind to wander into all kinds of different things, but, but writing things down, whether, and I usually do it on, on my computer or an iPad or, or whatever, uh, or you can write it down, obviously, uh, with pen and paper, but it helps me keep my mind focused and it also provides this this uh reflection of the the relationship that i have as i look back and i see what god has been teaching me i see where i've fallen short and his grace has met me where I, I i needed it most and and so anyway i'll write out confession of sin and And knowing that repentance like this just leads to restoration of relationship and growth and intimacy. So praise, repent, and then ask. Ask for these things we just talked about. This is what guides my time with the Lord in the morning. So asking God for His glory. So not just I praise you, but God, so make your praise known in this way and that way. And I'll start to pray specific things for specific people groups. God, make your name known as holy in this people group. God, make your name known as holy in this family. God, provide for them. Show your power in this circumstance. So just praying for different things, We're asking God for his glory, for his gifts, for his grace, his guidance and all the ways we just talked about. So God, hallowed be your name. In my life, in this person's life, in, in that country, in that people group, in this current event that's going on, your kingdom come, your will be done. In, in my life, and this person's life, in your church, in this way, give us this day, our daily bread. I need you for this today. I need you for that today. God, this person needs you for this. This person needs you for that. And so we just begin to ask, to begin to intercede for a particular Needs in our lives and others' lives. There are so many ways you can approach daily intercession, but one one encouragement that I've received that I I've, I usually implement in my, my own time with the Lord is just to do when it comes to intercession be both spontaneous and planned. So spontaneous and planned. So spontaneous. Oh, I wanted. I don't want to be rigid in my time in prayer, so rigid that uh, there's not room just for the Spirit to prompt me, Spirit of God to prompt me to pray for this or that and things that I maybe not have thought about praying for. Uh, It was really neat, even just last night, I saw uh, a woman and her husband, uh, and I was talking to her, her husband was was off, and I just said, I just want you to know that uh, the Lord brought you guys to my mind recently, and I've been praying for you. uh, and it was just one of those random things, seemingly random, but I'm um, trusting, controlled by the sovereignty of God. And I was led to pray for them. And I know they've been walking through some hard times. So so anyway, to be spontaneous at the same time, I think it's also good to be planned. So I have a, a prayer list of sorts where, where I want to pray for specific and different things in my life on a daily basis. There are so many people and things that I want to pray for, and even for the people in my life, for Heather, for my wife, for my four kids, for other members of my family, for friends, for uh, people that I'm a part of leading in IMB. So how do I pray for all these people and all these things? And so this prayer list is, a, is an intentional way that I kind of spread out from Monday to Friday, where I pray different things on different days for different people. So take just just Heather and my kids for example I'll pray on one day specifically for this or that part of their life or their character their growth in Christ or uh, my kids growth in manhood or womanhood or their future spouse or children so I want to be intentional about praying for all these things then I pray for different friends on different days I pray for the church that I'm a part of in different ways on different days I I pray for uh, other churches and and others in other other churches across North America and then church planting teams around the world and and pray for people groups in this way or that way I I've been hugely helped by Operation World, just, uh, that's been a regular part of my, uh, journey in prayer for a long time now where, uh, and you can go to operationworld.org and there's a daily prayer, uh, that, that comes up that if you start in January and you end in December, then you'll end up praying for Every single country in the world, and it's got information on unreached people groups in different countries, and how to pray for those different countries. There's a variety of prayer cast videos that actually uh, lead you to pray for a particular country. So that I'm just I'm just sharing that is is what I do. But I would encourage you to think through. Okay, how are you going to be intentional in your praying? In your praying, how are you going to be intentional to pray for this or that? And at the same time, leave. Leave room for spontaneity in that. So ask. Ask God for His glory, for His gifts, for His grace, for His guidance. And, and intercede on behalf of needs in your life and others' lives. And then all that leads to, so P-R-A-Y, praise, repent, ask, and then yield. Yield. Why? Yield in prayer. To This is, this is really where all prayer is headed, to surrendering your life to following Jesus wherever and however He leads you. So maybe you've praised and repented and asked for things in your life and things in others' lives. Now it just makes sense. Your life is going to be different. You've you prayed for forgiveness, so it just makes sense to extend forgiveness to others. you prayed, Your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. So it just makes sense to now pray just like Jesus taught us to pray. Lead me now. Guide me now. Not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. I want to walk with you. One of the things I'll do in the morning is just usually... Pray through every detail of my day. I'll I'll think through, okay, I know I've got these things on my calendar, so God, I pray for meeting with this person. God, I pray for this. And, And at the same time, I know that as I'm going throughout the day, I want to be sensitive to the leadership of your spirit. To bring me in contact with people I'm not planning on coming in contact with. So help me to walk in step with your spirit. I'm going to be in tune with you. Give me boldness when I have opportunities to share the gospel. So specifically pray for opportunities for boldness to share the gospel. And what I find is that, that kind, this kind of concentrated time in prayer in the morning then fuels continual time in prayer all day long and what happens in the closet with your father who's unseen then just flows over into every single facet of your life. Where you're dwelling with God all day long. Where where you read a passage like Psalm 84 talking about how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. And the psalmist there is talking about wanting to be in the presence of God, which was pictured in the temple in that day. Tabernacle in the Old Testament. The beauty is, though, you and I have the privilege of daily, moment by moment, intimacy with God. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us. And, and so, let's not forsake this privilege of prayer. In concentrated time, the beginning of a day, maybe it's at the end of the day, but concentrated time that fuels continual time in prayer, where we truly, where we truly express the depth of our need for God, explore the mystery of intimacy with God, and experience the power of being used
1: by God in prayer. Thank you for joining us today for Radical Together. For additional free resources, including those available in other languages, visit radical.net slash resources. And if you'd like to know more about the International Mission Board, go to imb.org. Join us next time for more teaching from David right here on the Radical Together podcast.